Well, my name is Sal Lopez. I am so honored to be in this pulpit today. And um, thank you, Pastor Jim and Pam and, and all the elders who have trusted me with this responsibility. It is, uh, it is an honor. Um, some of you, um, before we get started, let's just uh, extend your hands to this guy up here. <laughs> yeah, let's in prayer. Jesus, God, I pray that I would be hidden behind the cross, Lord, behind your, your glory and your words, Lord. I just pray that your truth would come and affect our hearts, God, that, your, that you would affect our minds and our spirits. God, give us the tools in our tool belts that will help bring your kingdom, God. God, give us ears to hear and eyes to see. God, bless us today as we come and encounter your truth. Yes. And bless this speaker today, Lord. Yes. Amen. Yes. Amen. Yes. All right. All right, we're clear. We're clear. We prayed. So who is this guy up here? Some of you know me already, and some of you I know, and some of you don't know me, right? So I'll just do real brief. Who is this guy up here? Um, first and foremost, I'm a son. I'm a son of the Almighty God, and because of that, there are certain privileges I have and you have as a son or daughter of God. It means that we have access to the Father, right? We have access to Him. I'm His heir. I have access to what is His. He's a big God. He has a lot of good stuff for us. And I have a responsibility to represent my Father and His kingdom on this earth. We are co-heirs with Jesus, right? All that's, all that's from Romans 8.14. I shared that last time, but... Um, Check that out. But I'm also, a, I'm also a husband to my beautiful wife, Hattie. That's her up there. And my beautiful son, Salvador Alejandro. He's amazing. He's just over two years old. And um, man, it's awesome being a dad. I love it. How many of you guys are parents? And how many of you guys love being a parent? I, I, I love it, man. I love it so much. It's, it's the best thing. Um, it's the best thing. Uh, it's, it's, uh, my dad always tells me, he says, it's the hardest thing you'll ever love. <laughs> like, okay, dad. <laughs> That's cool. Um, I'm also the media director here at Cornerstone, so I'm the one that kind of makes sure the website works, and if it's broken, that's my fault. Um, the sound doesn't work, that's my fault. Uh, you know, all, these, all this stuff, the lights, and making sure we can get the message out. The goal of what we do in the media department is to get the message out to those who cannot get it or haven't got it or somehow. So whether they're on their phone, they're on their laptop, they're on their computer, my job is to make sure that we are communicating the gospel of Jesus and getting the message that we have out to the world, all right, to help that happen. Uh, a little plug, I need help. So if, uh, you have any, if you have any media experience, if you uh, know how to run a camera or you know how to, if you're a photographer or anything else, uh, some of you guys have actually come up to me and, and asked, so I'm so thankful for that. Please, please keep coming. Um, if you would like to learn about this, if you'd like to learn about media and how does that, how do the words come up and how do the, you know, if you want to know, um, I will happily teach you. I definitely need help. So please reach out to me. Um, but ultimately, what I love to see and what I like to do is help people become successful in their lives, help people become successful and have healthy, effective relationships. That's, that's what I love. Um, you know, I love helping people get to that point. You know, I've learned so much over the years, and I'm still learning, and a lot's been poured into me, and I want to pour out. I feel it's my responsibility to give back to, what, to people what I've learned. Um, I just, love, I just love helping people. I love helping people get to where they want to go in their relationships. And ultimately, I believe that whole, healthy families are what's going to change the world. Amen. All right? So we, this, is, this is how we will sustain the Christian life, is becoming whole and healthy families, whole and healthy people. So last time I spoke, today we're going to talk about some connection Things, But last time I came and I, I spoke back in November, I spoke about becoming a powerful person and being a powerful person. Um, and that at the foundation of every relationship that we have in our lives, there is this choice, this, this, this stance of, I choose you. Just like Jesus chose his disciples, we didn't choose Jesus. He didn't choose, they didn't choose him. He chose them, Right? He came to them and he says, I choose you. And they followed him. But only a powerful person, a person who knows how to be responsible for his or her choices and their commitments, no matter what anybody else does, can make this choice, can be responsible, can say, I choose you. And I described the differences between powerful and powerless relationships and what that looks like and kind of the dynamics. And I don't know if you guys remember, do you guys remember the different voices, the, the voices of the powerless voice and what that sounds like? 
The powerless voice sounds something like this. Oh, I can't. I just can't do that. I can't, I can't do that. I, I just can't. I, I, I have to. Oh, I have to do that. I better do that or oh, I'm gonna, I have to. Or I like this one. You made me. You made me mad. You made me so mad. You made me do that. Right? That, that's the powerless voice. That's the powerless voice. The powerful voice sounds like this. I will. I won't. I won't be doing that. I will be doing this. I choose to do this. I choose to spend my time with you. This is what I'm going to be doing. That's the powerful voice. Because if you remember the remote control analogy, nobody has a remote control. There's nobody controlling me. There isn't a remote control out there telling me to do anything. Sometimes we wish we had that remote, right? Mute. <laughs> no, it doesn't work like that. There's no remote controlling you. But today what I'm going to talk about is kind of building onto that and extending into that. And we're going to talk about connection and how to have a connection and, and kind of how to build connection in our lives. And, and um, by the end of today, I'm hoping that I can give you some really practical tools. I like to listen to sermons where it talks about the Lord and what he's called us to do and also what, what do I need to do? What, what are some practical things, some tools that I can put in my belt to make me more effective in my life? How many of you guys want to be more effective in your life? All of us, right? Okay, cool. So that's the kind of stuff that I'm going to be trying to give you today is, is that I hope that you leave feeling that you got some practical tools to build your connections and your relationships. And I hope that you leave feeling hopeful and powerful when it comes to your relationships in your life, whether that's a, a marriage relationship or a friendship relationship, any relationship we have. All right, that's, that's kind of the goal of today. So when I, when I started thinking about preaching through the Sunday, and I'm like, okay, God, you know what? What are, who are we as the church? And what are, we, what are we supposed to be known for, right? Like, what are we, what are we what's the church known for, right? And, and what, what did the Lord tell us to do? You know, these are kind of the questions that are kind of bobbing around in my head and I'm trying to figure it out. And, and um, I thought, you know, I'm going to go to the Bible because the Bible has the answers, right? So this is what I came up with. So the teacher, uh, Jesus is out there and he's, he's doing ministry and the Sadducees and the Pharisees are out there and they're trying to get him. They're trying to, they're trying to, they're trying to catch him, right? Because they don't like what he's doing. He's out there ministering, and they're like, man, this guy, we got to get him. Let's, let's just try, see, how, see how much he knows the Bible, see how much he knows the law. So, so this Pharisee, this lawyer, goes to him, and, and he asks Jesus, and he's trying to test him. And he says, you know, teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus says to him, you shall love your Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is, this is the great and foremost commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. These are the words of Jesus, right? So I look at that scripture and I'm like, wow, okay. So it's kind of simple. Love God and love people, right? I mean, that's kind of, that's kind of what it says. Love God and love people. If we kind of just narrow it down. So raise your hand if you love God. All right, most of us. Cool, cool. <laughs> raise your hand if you love people. All of them? All the time. <laughs> so today we're going to talk about that second part, right? We're going to talk about, talk about that second part, loving people. This is great. You know, you got love God, love people, love God, love people, except how do we actually do that, right? How do we do that? So before we get into how, I'm going to, I'm going to talk a little bit, I'm going to lay a little bit of foundation here so that we understand some stuff. When it comes to relationships, there are two big forces working, working to help build this connection in our lives or helping to separate this connection in our lives. When we approach connections with people, we must understand there's two forces, fear and love, right? There's two things happening here in our world. We either got love going on, we got love going on, and it helps build our connections. It helps establish these connections. It makes them solid, right? It's, there's, there's, there's love going on, and man, this connection is good. Or we have fear going on, and it separates and destroys these connections. Okay? In the Bible, in John, 1 John 4.18, it says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear, because fear involves punishment, and the one who fears is not perfected in love. We're talking about the connection with each, with each other and with our relationships. So the question is, what do we have to do to establish and protect and strengthen this connection? What do we got to do to keep this, right? 
Because when we're connected, when this is happening, that message of I love you very much, that message I'm trying to send of I love you very much, and you're sending it back and forth to me, that message goes back and forth really easy, right? How many of you guys have felt that? Like, like where you have a connection with somebody and things are going really well. Like, man, we, got, we get each other. You know me. I feel it, you know? Like, you, you're, you're connected and things are just going really well. How many of you guys have felt that? Like, hopefully all of us, right? We've felt that at some point in our life where we're like, we're really connected to somebody. Whether it's a spouse or a friend. Again, this is just relationships in general. I'm not specific, specifying a marriage relationship, but it's a good example, too. Um, when this is happening, love is driving away that fear that we can sometimes feel. And, and it brings the best out of us, right? It, we're the best version of ourselves when we're in love and we're happy and we're connected and we're feeling it, right? But the opposite is also true. When there's a disconnect, uh, there's this void that happens. There's this void that happens. And, and it's filled with fear and it brings out the worst in us. Anxiety starts coming up, right? It starts to climb up. How many of you guys felt that? Where you have a disconnection with somebody and you're like, oh my gosh, this is awful. This isn't fun. Anxiety is raised. I've been there. Have you guys been there? Yeah, right? It's awful. So fear and love are mortal enemies because they're in constant battle, right, for what's going to occupy this space in my relationships. They're constantly battling for what will occupy that space. Each one of those, fear and love, want to feed me. They want to help me. Fear wants to help me. So does love. The cool thing is, I get to choose which one's going to be my master. You are powerful people. We are powerful people. We are sons and daughters of God, and we get to choose what voice we're going to listen to. And when we, so getting back that connection, being connected, right? It sets us up to send that message of love. When I'm connected, I'm set up, man, to just send that message of love to somebody. I'm understanding how to connect with them. They're understanding how to connect with me. And I'm driving away that anxiety. I'm getting rid of the fear. And I'm becoming the best person that I can be. The best version of me shows up. And we can have a relationship even when we don't agree and even in conflict. Because love is number one, and we are working on it. And even if we don't agree, wife, husband, daughter, son, friend, we don't agree, because we have this love going on, we can still be connected, right? A lot of times we, we, we're in our relationships, we're doing our, doing our thing, and we have a disconnect. We, something happens, you know, we get to this point where things are bad. You know, you're not, you're not connected to the people that you want to be connected to. And we, we end up just waiting way too long for, for something to fix or something to get better. I hope it gets better, right? We, we pick up the powerless card and we're like, I hope it gets better. It's not my responsibility, but I hope, I hope things are, I just hope they get better, right? And, and, you know, we just wait way too long. Why do, we, why do we do that? Why do we wait forever till things get better? Why do we wait? We just wait around? We just hope? Why do, why do we do that? And when it comes to relationships, we just kind of just let things, sometimes we do, not all of us, right? But, but I know I, I've done that where I've waited way too long. And, and maybe the better question is, why does that happen? The better question to ask is really, what is the goal of my relationship here? Like, what is the goal of the relationship that I have with this person, right? Because in any relationship that I have, if I don't know what my goal is, if I don't know what my intentions are for this relationship, I'm likely to never take responsibility for what happens for my behavior in that relationship. If I find myself in an anxiety-producing relationship where, where things are jacked up, where there's a disconnection, I'm in this relationship and there's a disconnection, something's happening, anxiety's going up, but I don't know why, you know, I don't know, it could be with anybody, somebody at work, a group of people, or a spouse, a child, somebody that may vote differently than me, uh, somebody that thinks differently than me. If I don't know what my goal is in those relationships, I'm never going to take responsibility for my behavior in those relationships. And I actually end up blaming the other person for how things are going. Right? What's my goal? 
Is my goal a safe distance? Am I trying to be safe here? Am I trying just to protect myself because I can't handle it? So what happens is, what happens when we disconnect, right? Anxiety starts coming up, fear starts coming up. I'm listening to fear, fear's coming in. And so I blame this anxiety that I'm feeling on the other person. And then I justify withholding my love from that relationship because of them. Because of them. They're the ones, you're the reason you made me do it. Hmm. Because of what they did or because of what they say or because of who they are, because they believe this thing, right? You're the reason why I'm acting disrespectful. You're the reason why I'm being a jerk. Really? See, in that situation, they're the ones with the remote control, right? They're, they're, They're making me do it. I get to act like a victim. I'm the victim here, and you're the bad guy. And I'm powerless because I can't change them. Hmm. So you're in a relationship, right? You're in a relationship with anybody, your, your spouse, your friend, whoever. Something happens. Someone says something. Someone doesn't say something they're supposed to. Doesn't do something they're supposed to or does something and it hurts your feelings. Something happens, right? And there's this disconnect. Anxiety starts climbing between you two. You got this anxiety coming in now. All right? If I'm not paying attention, if I'm not paying attention to my goal, if I'm not paying attention to this connection that I'm trying to build, I begin to pay attention to protecting myself, to be on guard, right? I'm I'm putting my hands up now. I'm ready to fight. I'm protecting myself. And what I'll do is I'll actually foster this distance. I'll protect this distance. And I'll allow it to stay there. And if it stays there too long, eventually, my goal of connection switches to a safe distance. My goal is safe distance. You know, we say funny things like this. Like we say in, uh, you've heard people say that maybe you don't, maybe you haven't said it, but um, I've said some things like this sometimes. We'll say, well, we just, we just fell out of love. We just fell out of love. We just, we just drifted apart. We're just not really friends anymore. We, We just went different directions. No. No, you changed your goal. You changed your goal. And you didn't fall in love. I just fell in love one day. I was walking along and, oh my gosh. <laughs> I fell in love. I fell in this hole. And I, 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 I'm just so powerless about what's happening to me right now. I just fell in love. No. And, and, you, and you certainly didn't just fall out of love. I changed my goal, right? I changed my goal from connection where it chases away that fear to distance, to protect myself and create as much distance as I need to manage myself and feel safe. When you first get together with somebody, maybe somebody you know this, you're like, I'm on, man. I'm, tr- I'm, I'm going to do everything I can to make this person feel safe and connected to me. And everything, it's like you first start dating somebody and you're like, oh my gosh, we're working this thing. It's going good. I'm doing everything I can to put my best foot forward to get rid of the fear so that they'll like me, so that I can like them, so that I can send this message that I love you very much. Right? Have you ever been in that situation? I have. Have you ever been in a situation where I have to protect myself now because I'm, I'm going to let the goal change? Yes, I've been in that situation too. If this is my goal, If a safe distance is my goal, then you, the other person, they can't do anything right. No matter what you do, or no matter what you try to restore this connection and send me that message, hey, you love me, or you want to fix the problem, or whatever, I will perceive you. If this is my goal, I will perceive you in a way that gives me permission to behave in a way that creates distance. It's my goal. This is what I'm going to do. Because I'm also powerful to keep my goal at a distance. If that's your goal, nobody can help you. Not even Jesus can help you. He's not going to make you love him. He's not going to push the uh, you love me button and make you love him. This is your goal. You own it. Nobody else can control it for you. 
Nobody can change it but you. Nobody can change it but me. If that's my goal and that's what I want, then I'm going to change it or I'm going to keep it. So do you want to stay in a relationship where you blame each other for the disrespect and the anxiety and the fear and all that stuff that comes up? Are you going to protect that distance? That doesn't sound very fun to me. And I don't, I don't think that's what we want our goal to be, right? Or is your goal connection? Is your goal a loving, intimate relationship? Is your goal this? I want to be connected to those around me. Yes, I think it is. If my goal is connection, then things look and feel very different than being disconnected. Again, this is with anybody, not just your spouse. It could be a friend, sibling, mother, father, coworker, whoever. But things look and feel very different when you're connected. A connected life feels different than a disconnected life. Yeah? All right, let's go back to Scripture. What does Scripture say? Again, let's read it. Teacher, what is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, You shall love your Lord God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and foremost commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. All right, so I see the word commandment in there. When I choose connection and love, when I choose love and connection over disconnection, what am I doing? Ultimately, I'm just obeying the commandment. I'm just walking in obedience. That's, I'm just doing what the Lord told me to do. It's not some amazing thing that I'm doing. I mean, it is amazing, but I'm just doing what the Lord told me to do. That's what we're called to do. That's, come on, church. That's what we're supposed to do, right? Yep. We're supposed to love. We're supposed to connect. We're supposed to walk in obedience. All right, so if I choose distance, if I choose a safe distance, I'm now actually walking in defiance. And I have to ask myself, where, where did I get permission to turn off my love? Ever. With anybody. I mean, where did I get permission to just turn it off? I, it doesn't mean I have everybody has equal access to my life, but where did I get that permission to turn off my love to somebody? No, my love stays on always. I don't have permission to turn it off. So you go to, you, you, here's a situation. You go, you're, you're going up to the throne room with Jesus. You're, you're up in heaven. You're up in heaven now, and you walk in, and there's Jesus, and, and you, you, you're telling him, you're like, Jesus, I've done such a good job with my relationships. Look at all these relationships I've done a great job with. I've loved, I've followed your commandments. You know, I've, I've loved those people in my life. You know, the ones that were good to me, I was good to them, you know. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm just, but here's the thing. Like, there's a couple of them over here that are just, like, they're really hard, you know, and I've suffered long. I've, I've, just, I've just tried so hard, but it's really hard. And I, can I have permission not to love this person? And Jesus looks at you and he's like, wow, you know, I'm, I'm really amazed by you and your suffering and your, your effort and your, 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 you're really trying hard. I can, I can tell you're working hard, you know. And I'm so amazed, you know, because, you know, the Trinity, Trinity and I were talking and, you know, we stopped loving that person a long time ago, so I don't know how you would do it. I don't even know how you do it. No, no. I mean, you go to heaven, you, you're, not, you're not actually going in that room thinking you're going to get permission to not love somebody, right? Like, that's not how it works. No, your love stays on. So here comes a practical part of it. I manage me. No matter what you've decided to do with you, I keep my love on no matter what. I choose you because my goal is connection. I choose you. Again, the best of me I've got is when my love is turned on and I'm reaching out and I'm trying to connect. The worst of me is when I'm scared and I'm fearful and I'm defensive and my love is turned off. And when we try to connect again, and there's a disconnect, right? When we try to connect again, this is really hard. You're trying to connect. You're controlling you. I choose you. And they're like, I don't choose you. I choose fear. And you're like, this is hard. Have you been in this situation? This means yes, I have. It's hard. But that doesn't change the fact that I manage me no matter what you do. I choose you comes in right here. I bring that to the situation. I bring that stance of I choose you because I answer 
to God. I answer to eternity. I'm being obedient. I don't answer to you. I don't answer to your whatever you're doing. I answer to God. I'm called to be obedient. You don't control me. You don't control my actions. You don't have the remote in your hand telling me I'm angry. My counselor will be the spirit of love and not fear. So who is our counselor? Who are we going to choose to be our counselor? If I partner with fear, I produce destruction. Surprise, right? <laughs> if I choose fear, things get bad. I do stupid things. I say mean things. I'm not my best version of myself. When I turn off the love, fear comes in, and I get all jacked up, and anxiety raises in my, in my spirit, right? Have you guys been there? Are you with me? Right? Okay. So, if my goal is connection, how do I actually get there? How do I get this connection going on? So this is the how-to part. For those of you who are like me and need instructions and really practical stuff and notes taking time to like, how do I do this? This is, where, this is, this is that part of the message. This is where Gary Chapman's five love languages come in, comes in. Now, this is a tool that, I've hi, that, that, I, that I highly recommend any, anybody I've, I know, uh, anybody that's in a relationship. Are you in a relationship? Yes, you are. So we all need to learn this. Um, you know, we need to learn it because we're all so different in how we actually hear love. And we need to learn it because not only we need to know who we are and how we receive love, but we also want to learn how others hear it as well so that we can be better at loving them, right? Um, so some of you may be familiar with this five love languages thing, and some of you may not be. How many, how many feel like you, you've heard this before, the five love languages? Okay, cool. How many have not, maybe? Some of us haven't? Okay, cool. No worries. Well, we're going to go that. We're going to explore that route. We're going to explore each of the love languages, and hopefully you'll be able to identify which one of these is yours. And if you're really good, maybe you'll be able to identify the love language of the person or people closest to you. So if we want connection, right, we want this. If we want connection, we may have to do some work to kind of figure out how to love them better. Jesus says, greater love has no one than this, that a person will lay down his life for those around him. Or maybe greater love has no one than this, than a person will learn how to speak the love language of his friends, right? We may have to sacrifice. We may have to do something that isn't natural for us. We might have to learn to speak a different language. But building these connections is vital to the full Christian life. And it's what we're commanded to do, right? We just went over that. So here we go. You ready? All right. All right. So five love languages. There's five of them. One of your five. Here's a couple things you've got to know before we go in this. The five love languages, this tool is used to help drive away that anxiety, to drive away that fear, and to build the connection, right? So let's learn these. And when, when a message of I love you very much is communicated in the way that we hear it, it gives us hope. When somebody tells me I love you in the way that I need to hear it, all of a sudden my anxiety just drops down. <sighs> you love me. You've given me hope. Ah, that's all I needed. We relax. Even if, it, even if you're disconnected and you get a little bit of connection, there's like a little bit of connection, right? It gives me hope. So there's basically five love languages. There's five ways that we communicate love and appreciation and encouragement to each other. And these are the five. Touch, gifts, quality time, acts of service, and words of encouragement. All right. Each person values each language more than another. So for some, some people, uh, some like touch love language more than they like gifts love language. Right? Um, and really, the most effective love language that you can use is the one that's specific to that person. So um, you know, it, it, whatever they value most. If they value touch love language most, then speak in that language. That's going to be the most effective. Messages of love and appreciation uh, basically are, are they're not valued, but if they're not valued by the person, they're going to probably miss their mark. If you send a message to somebody saying, I love you and I brought you a gift to show you, 
here's this gift of this cool TV remote, and I give it to you, and you're like, awesome. I, that, that doesn't speak anything to me. But if I, but if I give a gift to somebody that is, uh, is a gift, and their, their love language is gifts, and I give them the remote, they're like, oh, you know me, oh my gosh, you love me, and it's a totally different reaction. It's a totally different experience for that person, right? So that's what we need to know. Let's go, let's dive into this. Let's go into these, uh, these different love languages. So the first one we'll go over is touch. Now, there's, with a touch love language, they feel loved when they're touching, when there's some kind of physical affection happening. You get a hug, you're physically, there, there's a physical contact that's happening. There's a connection that happens when you're in close proximity to those people. They feel it. They're like, oh my gosh, you're next to me. You're with me. You're holding me. I feel loved because of that. Um, having that frequent contact is, is so important to that person, right? Um, and then a disconnect happens. The disconnect happens when there's missed opportunities for touching, when there's extended time between those touches. Uh, the, the touch love language person kind of has like this, this built-in clock, right? This built-in timer that like ticks the nanoseconds down of when the last time I was touched. And, it, and, if it goes too, and if it goes too far, my anxiety starts to raise and I get all anxious and oh my gosh, ah, they get mean. And then all of a sudden you touch me, what happened? Oh, hey, I'm here, I'm good. You love me, you give me a hug, right? And it's like that, you reset that clock for them. Some of us are like that. It's kind of funny how that works, but it's true. And you, know, you, know, you think, I don't, I don't need touch. I don't need to do that. You know, I, I, don't, I can go days without being touched. And, and, and that's probably true for you. But for that other person, it's very true that they need it, right? Um, you know, the, 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 the frequency and the close proximity is so important. You go, uh, I go downstairs, and I want to watch a movie with my wife. And if I sit on the couch, and I'm the touch level English person, I sit down. And I'm like waiting for my wife to get the movie ready, the popcorn ready. And she goes and sits in the chair. And I'm like, why are you sitting in a chair? And she's like, well, I thought it was a cool chair. It's a nice chair. It's, my, it's a comfortable chair. And I'm like, well, we could be touching. We could be, you could be sitting right here. Like, why are you sitting over there, right? So it's important for the touch people to be connected, to have that. And some practical things you can do to help that person, give them a hug. Hold their hand. Sit together on the couch. Put your arm around them. I see some of you in here putting your arms around each other. That's great, you know. Reach, you're in the car and... Reach around. He's your buddy, your friend. Hey, man, love you, bro. You know, pat him on the back or whatever. Um, and sometimes a touch love language person, um, and I'm totally guilty of this, is uh, when we start being affectionate. We're like, we, we, we cuddle up to our wife and we're like, hey, babe. And what's really going on is that touch love language person is like, I, 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 want, I want you to come towards me, right? Because we speak in the language that's most comfortable to us. So sometimes... We're speaking in, if, if I'm touch love language, I'm like, I'm speaking in touch. I'm trying to love you, right? But really, what we, we also want that back. So I need some affection. So, you know, take the clue. If someone's doing that, like, take the clue. Like, don't, don't, don't withhold it. Like, just give them a hug, you know? You might not need it. That's true. You don't. They do. And that's loving them, and that builds the connection. That lowers the anxiety. That's the goal here, right? All right. Let's move on to gifts. So the gifts love language person, um, they feel connection um, by, and really what they're saying is, show me that you know me. Show me that you know me, right? You know me and you were thinking of me when I wasn't around. And then disconnection happens and it, and it feels like, you know, you don't know me. You don't know anything about me. And, and it's painful for that person. You know, special occasions are super important. Dates, anniversaries, birthdays, super important to this person, right? Like, this person is like, oh my gosh, is our birthday coming up? I'm so excited. I can't wait to get that gift, you know? I'm going to get a gift. You're going you're gonna to show me how much you love me by showing me, by giving me a gift. Um, they're hoping to hear from you that you know them, that you've been thinking about them. And, and it's really important, you know, the specificity of, of the gifts that you end up giving this person. So, for example, I have a friend, her name's Brittany, and she loves... She, she has a ranch, and she wants eventually to buy a Scottish Highland cow. And, and I called her up, and I'm like, Brittany, how do you love somebody with a gifts love language who's far away? You're in Sacramento. I'm here. How, how does someone communicate gifts when they're not around? You know? and, and she goes, oh, well, I love these cows. And I'm like, OK, cool. 
And so she goes, my friend Isaiah sends me pictures of Highland cows every once in a while. She'll get a text message and it'll be like, hey, Brittany, you've been thinking about you, love you, and check out this cool cow. <laughs> and I'm like, that seems like a cheesy example, but she's like, no, it actually speaks to me. Like, he knows me. He knows what, I, what, I, what I'm into, what I like. And so I was like, oh, that's a really good idea. I'll have to like maybe send you some cow pictures <laughs> or something. You know, so the gifts love language person is... It's, it's specific, what speaks to them, right? Um, you know, if you're, if you're trying to love somebody with a gifts love language, don't just give them like a random gift card, like a Visa gift card. No, nah, it's not going to work. What that really communicates to them is, you know, I was just way too busy to work on finding out what speaks to you, so get whatever you want. Ooh, that's probably not a good idea. No, no, you need to show this person that you care about them, that you love them. Now, if it's a, if it's a specific gift card that they want, like Cabela's or, or something like that, well, then, yeah, that, that does speak to them. But uh, I'm just saying, I like Cabela's. Um, you you want to make them feel important, that you know them. Some practical to-dos. Uh, make an effort to find a gift, big or small, doesn't matter, that you know will be meaningful to me, Right? Um, give me a small gift card to, the, to, so to a place I like, right? Uh, Cabela's, or, or make it, make, bring me my favorite coffee, or, or bring me a hot beverage or a snack or something you know I like. You know, I go to the donut store and I bought you the chocolate donut that you like, the specific one from that Colorado place or whatever, whatever it is. Um, you know, do something that, that is specific to them. Those items, they actually speak to them in a way that you'll never know. If you're not a gift love language person, you're like, this is weird. And I'm not really going to try because it doesn't speak to me. No, push into that. Like, learn that language. Build that connection, right? Try to do it. You'll be better for it. And don't forget the gift. Oh, my gosh. If you forget to gift with a gifts love language person, oh, have you been in that situation? They're like, today's the day. You're like, what do you mean? They're like, we've been together for three and a half months. It's a three and a half month anniversary. <laughs> They're like, you're like, oh, we're celebrating that? And they're like, well, yeah, and here's your gift. And you're like, oh, yeah, so I didn't get you anything, man. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just remember that. You know, it's, it's, those things are important to them. Acts of service. Now, acts of service sounds like Sounds like this. I feel love when you take care of things that are important to me. Help me. Help me. Somebody help me here. I came home. Please, somebody love me by showing that you're taking care of what I care about. Mom comes home, and there's a big old mess. It's like, <laughs> I walk in the door, and oh my gosh, there's all these things, and the, the dishes, and the laundry, and the dog food, and, uh, and, you, and so what we do as the people that love that person, we got it, babe. We, hey, hey, mom, mom, I got it. I, I, got, I got the dishes. I got the laundry. I'll take care of the dog. And that anxiety starts dropping for them, right? Oh, you're helping me. Okay, you love me. Does that make sense? Yes. If you're a mom or husband or somebody that has a house with chores in it, that might make sense to you a lot. Yeah. Sometimes they randomly bark out tasks. Dishes. <laughs> Oil change. <laughs> Dog needs to be walked. Like they're calling for help. Please help me. Please help me. Please somebody take an interest in what I need to help me. And when you do that, when you help that person with what they're trying to accomplish, it builds that connection. Again, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to build that connection. Now there's a disconnect that happens when you're like, I'm not helping you. Figure it out yourself. Okay, I'll do it. And there's a disconnect that's happening. Or if you do something for them, but you're angry about it, that's a really good way to get disconnection. <laughs> do something specific that they need help with. If, if they're, if they're, you know, they need help cleaning the garage or the office or do stuff. You know, a lot of times we we just think you just want to give me work. It's like no, that's not that's not what's going on. I just need help. I want to feel helped. I want my anxiety to go down. Please connect with me by helping me. Make sense? Yeah. yeah, right? All right, let's talk about um, quality time person. And the quality time person is, is they're saying, I feel loved when you show interest in me. And I, I feel rejected when you don't value my interests. 
So it's not necessarily a, a quantity time situation where you're trying to give them all your time. It's more, it's more about interesting time. You're showing interest in what I'm into. Things that I'm interested in, you're, you're showing interest in this. Um, you know, last service I talked about, if you're, you're a fly fisherman, you love fly fishing, your love language is quality time, and you're like, hey man, let's go fly fishing. And I'm like, I, I don't like fishing at all. No, I'm good. Come on, come on. And you're like, okay, okay, let's go. Let's go fishing. And it's not about the activity. It's about the fact that you're with that person showing interest in what they want to do, right? It's so important to that person. Uh, the quality time person will usually have like a list of things. We haven't seen each other in a week. Oh my gosh, I got I to gotta tell you what's going on. They go through this list, right? They go down the bottom list. Okay, I can connect with you. Some of us do that when we get home from work. Like, let me tell you about my day. And now that you listen to me, I feel connected. If you don't listen to me, then I'm like, yeah, you don't care. Right? Listening. <laughs> listen to that person. They need to be listened to. They feel connected when you listen to them. Or you're willing to participate in their interests. A good way to disconnect, though, is if you're distracted when they're talking to you. Uh, they're talking to you, you sit down on the couch, and your wife starts talking to you, Sal, and you're like, uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. What? I heard what you said. You said, what did you just say? <laughs> That's not going to work for them. That's not going to work for them. You've got you to push in. Face them. Uh-huh. Uh-huh, yeah. Awesome. They're like, you love me. You love me. I'm connected, right? Like, you have to engage. You've got to engage with those people. You've got to show them interest. So watch out for, for, for being distracted or uninterested in when that person's around. If you fail to listen well, boy, that person's going to feel it. Fail to make time for them when you're trying to connect. Oh, man. So here's what you can do. Practicals. Go to breakfast with them, go to lunch, coffee, dinner, whatever, and talk about things that they're into, right? Do something active together. Go hiking, go do something they like. Play video games with them if they like to play video games. I mean, whatever it is that, you, that they are into, do, do what they're into. Go to a movie, go for a bike ride, whatever. Um, you know, call, stop by. Wife's at work, I just want to, I just stop by for a second just to say hi. I'm not trying to bug you, I just want to, I hope you're doing well. It's like, oh, cool, you checked in on me. You're interested in what I'm, what I'm doing, and I'm doing okay. Take a vacation together. Go on vacation. Do something that's going to build that quality time. going to build that connection, right? Take a trip together. Do something fun, you know? But have a regular time that you check in with that person, that you're, that you're trying to connect. And, and when you're doing those things, when you're doing these things, it might not be natural for you, but that's okay. You're trying to, again, you're trying to love this person. You're trying to put the connection together. Okay, let's see here. Words of affirmation. Now, the words of affirmation person is like, just like me. Will somebody just like me? Please, will you like me? Will you smile at me? Will you, will you laugh at me? Will you, will you just somehow send me a message that you're happy with me, that you're into me, that you like me? You know, I feel loved when I believe that you like me. And I feel rejected when your words are harsh. Like, like words are life for this person. Words are life to this person. That, that uh, you know, life and death are in the power of the tongue to this person. They, they live by that, man. So, you know, you, you got to pay attention to kind of how you're coming across to that person. If, uh, you know, if you, if you have to give them some criticism, you got to give them some, some feedback maybe. And uh, deliver up that, that hero sandwich. You know what hero sandwiches is like, hey, I, I, I love you very much. That thing you're doing is really annoying to me. But I love you. I think you're amazing. And my goal is connection. <laughs> you know, see, there's twice as much positive reinforcement as negative. Twice as much I love you, then I got a problem with you. So, you know, they might grab that sandwich and go, you know, hmm, that bread's really good. That meat is rotten. But their bread is really good. I love that. I, I, I see you. I, you know, and if you do that, you know, that person will stick with you. That person will stay with you. Like, okay, okay, okay. I get, I get what you're saying. I, yeah. You're not just coming at them being, you did this, and you, you, you. you know? you're, not, you're not giving it that way. So pay attention to how your words are coming across for this person. You know, they're not afraid to have a real conversation with you, you know, but just watch how anger and criticism can negatively affect them. Um, Sometimes without trying, we can hurt them, and, and just we're not trying to be mean, 
But here's some, here's some real practicals. Give them a handwritten note of appreciation, something particularly meaningful to them. Um, actually say to them, I love you. You're amazing. I think you're great. You did a great job on that sermon today, Sal. That's the best sermon I've ever heard. You know, something like that, something real practical and easy. You know, send them that affirming text. You're thinking about somebody, you call them, oh, you get their voicemail. Instead of being like just talking business, and you know it's a words of affirmation person, be like, hey, just want to let you know, man, I love, I love being friends with you. You're great. You know, and, and just something like that. Like some of us, that doesn't speak anything to us, but for some, for a lot, some of us, it does. It's like, wow, if I hear that from you, I'm like, my day's good, and my anxiety just went right down. I know I'm connected to this person because they love me. They tell me. They, they've shown me that. You know, recognize them when they've done something good. And, um, you know, or they handled a difficult situation well. You know, tell them that. So those are the five love languages. Again, greater love has no one than this, that a person will lay down his life for his friends. Remember, the whole point of what we're doing, the whole point of learning these love languages and pushing into relationships and trying to figure out how this person speaks and how they hear is that we're trying to feed the love and bring out the best in each other. Right? And to build a strong connection. That's what we want. At the same time I'm trying to build this connection, what I'm doing is I'm driving out that fear. I'm telling fear, you go away because this is more important. My goal is not distance. My goal is not separation. My goal is connection. All right, so we have these tools. We have the intention. We have our goal of connection here. So next time we get connected, we get, sorry, the next time we get disconnected, I'm going to bring these tools to the table. I'm going to try to speak I love you very much in their language, the way that they hear it. Greater love has no one than this, that a person will lay down their life for his friends, that they'll learn to speak the love language for his friends. Let's recap here. The five love languages are touch, gifts, acts of service, quality time, and words of affirmation. If you want to do a quick three-minute quiz, you can do that online. Just go to CC, uh, sorry, CC as well. So go to fivelovelanguages.com forward slash quizzes. You can go on there. I, I took it last night. It's, it's very easy, some real basic questions. But it helps you get an idea of, of, of what is my love language. If you don't know yet, you know, even after hearing this, and maybe you're still a little confused, go online, check that out. I, I highly recommend it. it. And have your spouse do it. Learn the language of those around you. Learn the love language of that person so that you can push in, so that you can be be connected so you can, you can build that, that, better, that better connection and love and relationship with them. Guys, this is what we're called to do as the church. It's a commandment. Love your God and love people. So I just encourage you guys, go ahead and, and push into that as much as you can. It will, it will make a difference. I promise you. You're not going to get it right at first. I'll be the first one to say that. I haven't gotten it right. But if you try and you keep your goal, number one, you keep that goal of connection. I'm trying to connect. I might not be doing it right every time, and I might be speaking another language to this person that I don't know how to speak very well, but eventually you're going to connect, and you're going to go, ah, and you'll see that other person go, you love me. I feel hope. That's what we want, right? That's what we want. Lord Jesus, thank you for today. God, I, I, I ask that you help us learn these love languages, God. You, you've built us all unique in a special way. Each one of us is, 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 hears love differently, Lord, and I pray that we would learn to speak those languages to each other. God, that we would become masters of them and that we become better lovers of you, as you has, have commanded us to be. Help us love those around us well, God. Not just be selfish and say, well, I don't need that, but push beyond that, that we would lay down our lives and realize what other people need. And not so much about what we need, God, but we, we would push into what they need and love them the way they want to be loved and, and help, us, help us speak that language in the way that they hear it. Help us always keep that goal of connection over a safe distance. Jesus, I thank you for this group of people, this powerful group of people, God. This, pe this group of people that are powerful and they make great decisions, Father. I thank you for them. I thank you that I get to be a part of this group of people that, that love you and want to make you known in all the earth. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to have Jonathan come up and close us out. Guys, thank you so much for listening. I pray blessings on all of you guys. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you.
You did a great job, Sal. Yes. Yes. Okay. So if anyone wants to make a connection with Jesus today, I just ask you to raise your hand. This is a special time. I did it. It's a time to raise your hand and just just publicly proclaim that you are making the connection. He is your Lord and Savior in every way. Just raise your hand if you if you have any. Yes. All right. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We we come to you right now and we thank you that you have you have given us your word today. We we apply it to our lives. We thank you, Lord, that you have have spoken to us, that we will make the connection with you. We will drive out fear from our lives. We will drive out fear from our connections. We thank you, Jesus, for everything you do for us, for your love and your peace. And right now, we just pray a special blessing on this congregation, a blessing that we can walk in love. We can go out into this valley and we can walk in love and bring others closer to you. We can show your your love to others right now and build those connections that bring them to you. We thank you for the revival. We thank you, Lord, for your kingdom. We thank you, Lord, that you go out on this this dry land and you bring your spirit and you just pour it out upon us in the name of Jesus. I just thank you for all your, your gifts and blessings. We pray for a special blessing and safety for Jim and Pam as they travel. We thank you, Lord, that you have you have a special work for them while they are there, that they are literally walking around that capital, pleading the blood of Jesus over those buildings and over those people in those buildings. I thank you for that. We just love you and we praise you. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, everyone. Have a great day.